Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. What research is showing us is by eight, nine years old, the brains are being rewired in children because of the, what they're exposed to. So we have an epidemic of grooming. You know, trafficking was already a billion, $32 billion industry. We are exponentially creating buyers and we're creating victims that don't know they're victims. And today's guest is hoping to put a stop to human trafficking across the globe. We're joined today by Elizabeth Good. She is the CEO and founder of Foundation United. Today in Connections, she's going to share with us things we should know about sex trafficking, who the victims are, the users, and why there is such a demand. She'll also share with us how we can protect our children from being groomed and eventually being trafficked. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. We're joined today by Elizabeth Good. She is the CEO of the Foundation United. Elizabeth, can you tell us a little bit about this foundation and why you started it? Well, the Foundation United was created out of, you know, first of all, we had a vision that we would one day have an an umbrella to the movement because I ran safe housing for over a decade. And after running safe housing for a decade, the the clarity of what was needed for this global foundation just became crystal clear. I think it was birthed out of, I like to call it holy discontent, (laughs) because every single girl, every beautiful young lady that we served, and I can tell you over my time in safe housing and outreach, um, because we had trained law enforcement, we were on the streets and the jails, we were everywhere, um, 5,800 girls were sort of the the full picture, and almost 100% of them had the same textbook story. Exactly the same. Abused when they were little, three, four, five years old, kept a secret. Nobody knew. They were in church. Much of the abuse happened in church. That's where it began, or it began in their home at the hands of someone that was supposed to love them, the dad, a brother, an uncle. And then they were dragged to church, or they got in trouble because they started acting out because of the abuse. And law enforcement, you know, didn't know what they were looking at. The school they sat in every day just thought they were stupid and couldn't learn. I mean, so much shame and misidentification. Um, They all had medical care and no one knew what they were looking at. And so the Foundation United has really strategically focused in on no more, like no more. There should not be an 18-year-old, 25-year-old, 26-year-old needing a safe home because we miss them their entire lives. So we are passionate, relentlessly passionate about getting ahead of it. And interrupting that process of abuse and that process of secrets for children, um, boys and girls. One out of five boys and one out of three girls today carry that secret of sexual abuse. So we're focused on those pathways that I just described. Training, train the trainer, getting in with cutting edge. We call the one for the church a catalytic Holy Spirit can opener. I mean, it just (laughs) opens the eyes, you know, from law enforcement saying that it was like walking in with one eye and walking out with two to the schools saying this language didn't exist. We didn't even have a grid for it, but we knew we needed it. It is just a beautiful, I believe, solution. I really do believe we can eradicate this now by getting ahead of it. Now, you mentioned a few things there, but what kind of impact has the Foundation United already had on this situation? Well, what's really amazing is one of our partners that runs the healthcare um, arm of it, she was a former ER nurse, GSO, Global Strategic Operatives, And she said the same thing. These girls were coming in and she used to be a nurse and uh, they would look at them dressed and their first thought was like mostly law enforcement, just judgment. Like, look at this girl, what's wrong with her? And she said, and then the Lord began to open her eyes and just the sensitization and the understanding. And it just takes a little bit of training. So she is actually rolled out through Global Strategic Operatives, one of the arms under the foundation, training to over a dozen different countries and 
um, healthcare systems, and she has trained over half a million ER doctors. And we just presented to the United Nations as the World Health Organization protocol for healthcare training, which is amazing. <laughs> and I love it because it started as something really small and it grew into something very large. Yeah. Now, when it comes to human trafficking, you mentioned church and human trafficking in the same sentence. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that and go, no, 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 that can't be happening. But really, how far can this human trafficking reach? And tell us about the realities behind human trafficking. Yeah, I think that, you know, in in other countries, we, we look at it differently. We look at Cambodia or what's happening in Ukraine, and we talk about border crisis, you know, and I think the heartbreaking and the truth of it that we have to focus on is there's a demand and there's a growing demand and this growing demand is growing for younger and younger children. And so what human trafficking really is, is the, I I like to say consumption, it's the consumption of our children. You know, children are lured into it through forced fraud or coercion. And what we're seeing today and what I think the church, the world should be just shaking about is how the grooming is happening. And I keep saying that it's like, you're watching hell systemically dismantle our family system and our children's destiny and future because the way that they are being sought after is shocking. And so we are grooming buyers in America at an exponential force. Our children's brains, what what I'm talking about, so I know it's like a lot to be wondering, what <laughs> is she saying? This is a lot to take in, but this is where you get me crazy passionate because we don't understand. It's not just, oh, it's some bad girl from the wrong side of the tracks that made a bad decision. And it's not just this one disgusting guy that, oh, he doesn't, you know, he's just bad. It's, I can't even tell you every time we do a sex trafficking string sting, we have pastors, we have teachers, we have coaches, we have youth group leaders. They're all being arrested for coming to buy sex with the children. And here's the epidemic and what's happening and the why especially in um, Northern America, Canada, America, all of, you know, right here, even over in Europe. And we were doing a lot of work in Europe. The internet I grew up on, not that I grew up on it, but, you know, I was abused. I was exposed to pornography, but we need to speak about that. But pornography for us, you know, I'm in my 50s, was airbrushed Playboy. Today, our children are being inundated with images on their iPhones. And the American Academy of Pediatrics says that 75% of four-year-olds are given smart devices. And most parents don't know they've come preset to explicit. So if you think about it, Disney has a new movie out right now, Puss in Boots. A child says, show me puss. You know, their images will pop up if there's not a, a, a setting on that phone. And what we are learning from research and neuropsych research is that the shocking images, the abusive images, the pornography that is on these phones and targeted to our children, not to mention the predators. They say half a million predators at any given time are looking for your child on their on their social media. An FBI agent just said that the most dangerous place for a child to be today is in their bedroom alone with a smart device. And so as they are on these phones, predators are coming after them. They're being groomed. They're like, oh, you're so pretty. Lean towards the camera. Meanwhile, images are coming up and they're not telling anyone because the minute you see this shocking porn, it, it releases something in their bodies. You know, there is a reason that when I started this a decade ago, the average age a little girl posted a naked selfie was 12. And now the stats are saying it's seven or eight years old. And what is horrific about that is an eight-year-old doesn't biologically or physiologically have the ability to understand what should be happening in a naked selfie. Or, you know, they should not be having the ability to access those hormones 
But because of this pornography our children are being raised on, they are literally having oxytocin released, which is a chemical that you really only release when you're a mother nursing a baby or if somebody's having an orgasm, quite honestly. It's a bonding hormone. But our kids are now getting these screens and they're seeing these images that's making their body produce this and they're bonding to these images. So they're getting confused. Their brains, what research is showing us is by eight, nine years old, the brains are being rewired in children because of the, what they're exposed to. So we have an epidemic of grooming. You know, trafficking was already a billion, $32 billion industry. We are exponentially creating buyers and we're creating victims that don't know they're victims. And this last story, and I'll take a pause and let you like redirect me or ask questions, but we just had a little girl that was 11 years old and she was violently raped in a high school parking lot by a 17 year old boy. And when they interviewed her afterwards, she said, it wasn't rape, he likes me. And it was violent, she was abused. But what they found out is she's been watching this porn, abusive porn since she was five years old. So the confusion and the blending of love and abuse is what is happening. Our children are being groomed. So our tactics are to get ahead of it and help them understand so she won't be. That victim right there will lead her to say yes to all kinds of things. And before you know it, that is how trafficking begins. A child who doesn't have the boundary and doesn't understand and they're able to be coerced into anything. And a little boy like that that was raised on porn who might not know that he wasn't doing the right thing with her because that's all he's seen. And so what we are bringing systemically to the church and the schools and everywhere is that the awakening and the language to help them understand and to help the parents and their systems understand. Now, I want to get around to ways that we can prevent our child from being groomed or from being trafficked in just a little bit. But listening to those stats that you just gave, I have an eight-year-old daughter at home and listening to what you just said makes me sick. And I myself have been sexually abused. Now, you and I are speaking up about this, but a lot of people are still struggling. Why in 2023 is it so hard for us to talk about this? I know. I heard a stat the other day that just... It, it it put a fire under me that we're on the right track, but it just really broke my heart because you and I know when you are abused as a kid, because as we both were, it's one of the only things in the world that the shame attaches to you. It for some reason, the predator, they go on, they have countless victims and everything with us, it's a lightning bolt and destiny is just everything's wobbly from then on until truth gets in and truth gets in when you talk about it and you realize Almost everybody you talk to has been sexually abused. And we all keep it a secret because we think no one will look at us the same. I was with a man this weekend and he finally told us we're a strong group of people, um, part of my organization. And this one man, I've known him 20 years, he finally told me. And it's the craziest shame attaching to the victim. And, And the stat I just heard was that, you know, as we discussed, it happens when we're very, very young. But the average age that a female will disclose about her sexual abuse today is 53 years old. That's my age. Think of the decades of shame and robbing. And I think where people need to lean into that is we know now generationally, you know, psychology will say generational patterns, but the Bible says sins of the father to the third or fourth generation. And when we don't confess sins even done to us, the the percentage of families that have repeated generation abuse, generation after generation, it's just textbook also. So we need to normalize it. Like you and I need to be in the forefront saying, hey, let's talk. And that's what real talk is for the church. That's what speak up is for the school. 
this happens, let's talk about it. You know, let's get ahead of it. And if you have a secret or if you're feeling like you're addicted to something even, like it's just normalizing the conversation that people would rather not talk about. Something as simple as talking, it's so important to just spread the word and who knows what to figure out. I know even in my own situation, when I told my husband about what happened to me, he's like, hey, that happened to me too. And it's unbelievable what you can discover when you share things with people. Now, when it comes to our children, how do we prevent this from happening to them? They have social media, they have these games where they interact with all these strangers. How do we prevent them from being trafficked or how do we know if they're potentially being groomed? Yeah, well, I think the beautiful, not the beautiful, but the great place to begin is let's assume they are because, you know, when I was in grad school and I was carrying my first daughter, everybody I had when I was getting my master's in clinical psych, every person had sexual abuse. I don't care if they were a wealthy housewife, they're this, that. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, how am I going to prevent my daughter from being abused? And my supervisor goes, you're asking the wrong questions. How are you going to be the parent that is there no matter what happens? So I think if you just remove the paralyzing fear <laughs> oh. or your own past trauma, like, no, oh, this can't happen to them too, and think, okay, predators are pretty textbook. I'm going to give my kid the antidote. I'm going to be that mom. I'm going to be that dad. But they're going to be so prepared for this, they're not going to be a target. Because quite honestly, they're just looking for low-hanging fruit. And you guys listening today have the ability to arm your children. You are like, armor bearers here with it. I always say, get your arsenal of weaponry and let's go. It's it's about talking. And that's all it is. You normalize it. You put it on the table. If you've been abused, you talk about your abuse and say how you were deceived and how you couldn't believe it and how you kept it a secret. Because if we make it that normal in conversation, a kid's like, yeah, why'd you keep it a secret? You know, like if they haven't encountered it yet, they'll be like, why wouldn't you tell anyone? That's Because it is crazy until it happens to you. And so if you go to the foundationunited.org to our website, we have books starting at three and four years old you could read to your kids. There is just a way to make this a normal part of the conversation so your kid is not even slightly vulnerable, that they're aware, that they'll know when someone says, hey, you're pretty, lean a little closer. Oh, that's textbook, red flag. Hey, I have a, you know, do you want to want to do this? This is our little secret. Oh, secret. That's a red flag. I don't need to keep any adult secrets. Like there are so many very simple textbook things that you as a parent, if you start normalizing the conversation in your own home, you're going to feel like the champion and you're going to know that your children are not like even the things I was so afraid because this research of, you know, generational patterns and sins of the father, you know, when I had been abused, it led to promiscuity and then it led to an abortion. Then it led, you know, it leads to layer upon layer because just shame upon shame. And you just keep trying to do things to numb and then you find yourself in worse situations. So I remember telling my kids about my abortion, telling them everything because I was like, I don't want generational patterns. Yeah. <laughs> but you're nervous, but you just start making it like, and, and what you and I have just done to the audience is show them how common it is. If you and I and your husband look at the odds. It's actually unbelievable what you find out when you open up about something. You hear stories left, right, and center. And like you just said, there's really no age that is too young to start talking to your children. No, absolutely not. It is 1,000%. What I could tell you, if you're not talking to your children, they are on that school bus and somebody's showing them their iPhone and they're the ones that are putting all the ideas into your kids' minds. And they're going to be the ones. There was another story of a little girl that said, I have been... Um, she was holding up her iPhone and she said, I have been asked by boys since I was nine or 10 years old. Can we do this? Will you do this to me? Can I do this to you? Can we try this? 
She said, I have been used for sex more ways than I can count, but I am sweet 16 and I'm still waiting for my first kiss. It just amazes me at how young people are being groomed and going through situations like this. Going back to human trafficking, how can we rely on our faith or how can we rely on God to help us maybe get through all of this? You know, I just, the Bible app had me put up a devotion. So I have a devotion coming out on the Bible app and I'll share that with you soon um, about normalizing the shame. I mean, Jesus is so clear. The Bible is so clear. I mean, and I keep going back to the my staple verse, which is confess your sins one to another. The prayer of a righteous man has authority to heal. And I think sometimes we think that's about the sins we've done, but it's it's the sins done to us as well. And when you tell somebody and somebody sitting across from you is actually just looking at you and they still love you, you just change everything right there. And I think that, you know, the way that the church, I mean, the, the Bible is very clear about the consequences for hurting a child, right? What do they say? A millstone around their neck and throw them in the bottom of the, you know, <laughs> But I think we need to just be comfortable of realizing this has absolutely nothing to do with us, but we can prevent and save absolutely every part of the next generation by talking about it. And as Christians, we need to look at even the buying side of it, because if we're raising boys, I have two boys and a girl. You know, it's not to shame because pornography is looking to take over the world. When I say hell is systemically trying to dismantle our children, I'm not exaggerating hell is systemically coming after our families and our destinies of our future leaders. And you get a little boy by 10 years old hooked. You know, the Bible is very clear of our patterns and our, you know, when we get into um, a situation that is, is out of order, right? We're out of alignment with how the Lord made us. It's putting words around it. It's speaking it out loud. Then I have a book coming out in the fall, and it's really about that. It's about the power of speaking it out. If you just become the place that people can speak, everything changes. The church should be the place where we come to one another. We don't look perfect. We look extremely flawed. And in that brokenness is where healing begins. And so I just think everybody listening, if you have a secret, Columbia University says, Um, the average person carries 13 secrets at any given time, five of which they've never spoken out loud. If you have any secrets you haven't spoken out loud, what I can tell you is as a Christian, it's keeping you under your purpose. It's probably um, cutting off your family power and legacy because Satan still owns that part of you. And any part that he owns that's held in the dark and that's a secret is going to keep you from living under the power of God. And our greatest passion is releasing everybody into their full position because the world is, we've seen it. It's crazy. (laughs) We have got to take our positions, come out of shame, trust the power of Jesus to transform us and, and, and rise up in this battle to take our children and their destinies back. And so I'm just so excited that you are a forerunner and talking about this because it's vital. It's so important. Let's keep the conversation going. For those who are interested in learning more about your foundation, learning more about ways that they can prevent or ways to talk to their children moving forward about human trafficking or about being groomed, how can they go about doing that? Yes, please go to our website, thefoundationunited.org. And there's a resource tab and there are starting at three years old, what you read to your child, what you read to your middle schooler, what videos you could watch, what videos you could watch as a parent. I mean, it is inundated with resources for you because we care that much and we don't want anybody's child to when they need safe housing. Some of the churches, there's a denomination that's building safe houses for their pastors that have fallen. I mean, we have got to, rather than 
safe houses for our porn addicted pastors and safe houses for our abused boys and girls. We need to get ahead of it and stop the pipeline that Satan's controlling. And you could do that by reading a book when your child's three, four, five years old and watching videos with them as they get older. And you know what? The greatest thing that we would love for you to do is go on our website to the prevention tab where it talks about speak up, which is for the K through 12 schools. And introduce that to your, you know, if it's a private school, your headmaster or to your superintendent and say, we need to protect our children. And it is turnkey. We will get that implemented in your school immediately. Or real talk for your church, leadership all the way down to kindergarten. Raise the next generation to understand who Jesus is and who they are and what is not okay for someone else to come into. And raise the older generation to speak about their stuff so they have yours to hear. Until you are healed, you can't even hear the next generation crying for help because you're in your own trauma and have blind spots. So it's a beautiful catalytic systemic solution for the church. So we would love to flood Canada and beyond. Thank you so much for making time for us and for shining a spotlight on the situation. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to rate and review our show. You could do that by checking out our podcast at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. We'll talk to you again on Connections.